This is Joe Burns. And Beth West. Hey, thank you for listening to the Rock School Radio Podcast. We think you'll learn something. Now remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live. Thursdays at 5 and Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week. Now enjoy this week's Rock School Radio Show. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. It's time for school. Rock school with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Sure, we men are pigs for asking whether Pat Benatar or Blondie is cuter, but you went on and on about how he's uncute. And Beth West. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Class is in. It's the Rock School Radio Show here on the radio that you happen to be listening to or a podcast you happen to be listening to, which is probably an iPod or your computer. Just Do people still sit in front of their computers and listen to iPods and I podcasts? I still listen to such? podcasts on my computer do at work. You? At work when I'm like doing something brainless. Dinosaur. Yeah. Dinosaur. Welcome back. You got out of bed this time. Yikes. Sorry. How I was... went to a concert the night before and had trouble getting up last Jason week. Jason Isbell? Jason Isbell. Yeah. Was he good? Oh, God. He was amazing. I'm totally in love with him. He's not even cute, but I'm in love. I'm going <laughs> to move to Nashville. He's not even cute. I'm going to move so to they're... Nashville and stalk him. Sure. We men are pigs for asking whether Pat Benatar or Blondie is cuter, but you went on and on about how he's uncute. Sure. We're pigs. I'm saying I'm in love with him and I think he's adorable, but he's not uh, just kind of, you know, traditionally cute. Can I get you a, a shovel? Would you like to further dig this yeah, hole? Yeah, I don't sure, mind. I'll sure, keep great. going. Fantastic. I'll keep digging myself into a huge hole. Sure. I'm Joe Burns, the one who is traditionally cute. And uh, over here to my left, you are? Also traditionally and untraditionally cute. There you are. Uh, I'm back up standing. Look at this. Look at you. Vertical. I, I have know. been sick as a mutt. I think this was one of those diseases brought back from the Amazon by I think somebody. So. Yeah, this somebody was somebody brought it back through New Orleans. That's from but, a trip to the Amazon. Ooh, yeah, but now I can take in air once again. My nose works. But so, you know, this is the best thing for a disc jockey to do is to be sick and sitting in front of a microphone because this doesn't pass disease from oh, person no, to person. Not at all. No, not at all. The topic for today is one of my favorite musicians, producers, inventors. Which means I'll really not know much oh, about Oh, yeah, you will. Sure. Uh, Todd Rundgren. Tell me you don't know Todd Rundgren. Oh, I know who he is. You I, don't know much about him, I don't know though. much about him. I know a couple of his songs. I don't Perfect. know much about him. Perfect. Todd Rundgren was born in Upper Darby, Philadelphia, June 22nd, 1948. Quick mathematics, 946, carry the one. That makes him 64 years old. Now, most people see his solo career, starting with the album that just about everybody knows him by, Something Anything, back in 1972. It had the two monster hits on it, I Saw the Light and Hello, It's Me. Yes. My guess is those are the two songs you know him for. Yeah, and the Bang the Drum song. Right, and but that was later in his career. 
career. Yeah. He also had another song later in his career called Can We Still Be Friends that everybody yeah, sort of knows. Know that one too. If you yeah. heard it, you'd know it. Yeah, yeah, so it's got definitely. one of those Can We Still Be Friends that everybody sort of waits for. The whole song is a hook. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Then I probably like it. Sure, there you go. <laughs> However, his first album that you really have to be a Rundgren fan to know it, even own it, was called Runt. He was in a band called Runt. But see, I look at that as his first album, his first solo album, even though he was in this band. He's pictured on the cover. I know it says Runt on the on the album, but he's pictured on the cover. He wrote all the music. He produced all the music. We he, know bands right. like this. Bands he, that are technically bands, but really they're one person with it. a backing band. You got it. He plays every instrument on it except for drums and bass on some some of the songs, it's really Todd Rundgren, yeah. but I think he threw a bone to the people that helped him out the and called it. musicians. You got it. Yeah. Just that. And it's got one of my favorite Rundgren songs on it. So for an hour, we're talking Todd Rundgren, and I'm playing one from Runt to start it off. This is called We Gotta Get You a Woman here on Rock School. Leroy, boy, is that you? I thought your post-hanging days were through. Sunken eyes and full of sighs. And when we're with you, we'll get me one too. Talking Todd Rundgren here on Rock School today. Now, we very quickly talked at the beginning about his solo stuff. And a lot of people know his solo stuff. Do you do you know he also fronted a progressive band called Utopia? No, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, that's where Can We Still Be Friends came from. Okay. And, I mean, it began to become one of these large um, ELO-type bands where he would have multiple instruments on stage. Just and fill the stage with as much as possible. Saturate it. Exactly that. But what I want to talk about today is not so much his solo work, and I did play, obviously, a solo piece to kick it off to show who Todd Rundgren is, but I wanted to talk more about his influence on other bands oh. and... Really? all of his production work. This is what a lot of people don't know. I mean, we know the Todd Rundgren songs. We know sure, I Saw the we Lights. Could play, right. Yeah, we could play his hits for the whole show, but let's talk about the stuff people don't know. Right. He had done a lot of other stuff. He was he is a, a guy who's done a tremendous amount of production. As a matter of fact, his earliest work was as a recording engineer for Janis Joplin. Really? Believe it or not. Now, he wasn't the producer. He worked the board. He was the guy who... Yeah, but he was there. You got it. He was there with uh, on the LP Stage Fright by the band. But, I mean, he was there pushing the mm-hmm. buttons and moving the, the slide pots around. So where did he actually start as a producer? Little tiny bands. But the ones you might know, the one that really kicked it off, was a group called Fanny. Ever heard of Fanny? No. No. Okay. No, I haven't. You'll love Fanny. Oh, good. I'm sure the name alone, I'm in love already. When you hear about girl groups, you think Go-Go's. Yeah. You think, you know, Cherry Bomb by the Runaways. Right. Okay. If you want, here's a little piece of trivia for you. The third group that's all women to sign to a major label is Fanny. Okay. Here are the first two. Goldie. There's your first one. All right. All women. The second one was the Gingerbreads and the Pleasure Seekers. You can understand why nice. they didn't get it. Too long of a yeah. name. Okay. Fanny is the third one. And Rundgren produces their 1973 album. Don't hold me to this, but I think it's their fourth album. I think it's oh, their fourth album. So they've been around for a little bit. Oh, sure. And by this time, Susie Quattro's sister is in the band. Oh. And writing songs. So... 
again, girl groups in the family. You got and by it. girl groups, we mean girl rock groups. Exactly that. Right. We're yeah. not talking, you know, yeah. pop things Supremes like Phil Spector yeah, right, and Motown. Right. right. Run gets a hold of them and they do pretty well. As a matter of fact, they get reviewed in Rolling Stone and none other than David Bowie states in an interview that he's giving because, you know, the the ultimate question we're at the end of the interview. So who are you, who listening, are you listening to, to now? Right. Fanny. David Bowie was listening that? to Fanny. And it does. Then I well. should listen to Fanny too. Exactly that. And Rundgren is the producer and thus his name gets played around. Like when we talked about other producers, all you have to do is hit once. And then the world and then is forever. like, yeah. you got it. Let me yeah. have you in there. This is from the Fanny album, Rock and Roll Survivors, that Rundgren produced. It's called Rockin' All Night Long. And it was written by... Quattro. It's two minutes and 40 seconds of early girl group. This is what awesome. produced the Go-Go's. Let's hear it. Right here on Rock School. Okay, going on with Todd Rundgren. I'm going to try to get both of these songs in in a row because they go together. Beth, you like the New York Dolls? Yeah, I like, yes. David Johansson, my guess is who you like. Yeah, I like what the New York Dolls did for the people who came after them, definitely. So it's it's a respect thing rather Uh, than... More more than, like, they're not really on my iPod, but I definitely respect the hell out of them. Okay, I like the New York Dolls a lot. I mean, I enjoy listening to some of their early stuff. Their debut album... Rundgren did back really? in the 1973 year. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, and they're considered, like, for the people who, well, I guess, you know, punk there's that people, whole yeah. punk people, they're considered, like, the root of punk. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, they're they, one of the Them and Iggy Pop, yeah. What's interesting, then, 26 years later, Rundgren gets them again on their Cuz I Says So album. So in 2009, he gets them again. Really? And I thought it would be neat to play a song from their original, and, and the yeah. original lineup, I mean, it's it's Killer Kane, it's Johnny Thunders, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's Johansson, it's the lineup, mm-hmm. it's the monster. And then play one right after it from Cuz I Says So, which again, people are dead. There's only two original dolls in it, Johansson right. and the Sylvia. The punk lifestyle. Right. Yeah, and they didn't last too long. How how cheesed off can you be 26 years later when you're in your 40s with a family and Yeah, and usually kids, you settle down a little. And you yeah. own a house and you have a mortgage. So I thought it would be fun with the Rundgren. contrast, right. yeah. Let's play one from 73. Mm-hmm. Let's play one from 2009. All right, so we're going to go straight, if, straight into it. Well, I thought I'd talk a little bit between them. Okay. See if... See if he's captured it twice. All right. So from 73, this is Personality Crisis from the Dolls on Rockstar. There you go, from 73. Do you like it? Yeah, of course I like it. Classic Dolls. Classic. You can hear, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go to 2009, 26 years later, Rundgren gets this one again. This is the title track, Cause I Says So. Did he capture it again? Let's hear it. Do the dolls still have it? Here on Rock School. (laughs) 
there you go. Cause I says so. What do you think? Uh, kept, no? I mean, it's not an offensive song or anything like that. Like it didn't like make me want to cover my ears, but no? it just doesn't sound like the punk kind of edge. I think it's kind of hard to stay punk when you get older. I mean, nothing about getting older, but you just make different kind of music. You do. It sounded to me like they were trying. Yeah. We're guys, we're going to make a punk song. So yeah. try, go try to, instead of writing what was in your soul, go try to write a punk yeah. song. I think that's kind of what it sounded like. It to is me. what it sounded like. Let's try to recapture what we did before. And it doesn't work. It didn't. It didn't like the, I mean the guys, even the guy's voice, it has that kind of older, he's older. Exactly. And it's, it, it's, so it sounds different. And, it's just not the same. It might have been better had he tried more of the Buster Poindexter type stuff, which is Johansson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what are you doing? Let me give you a story that I might not be able to play a song for. If you remember, this is a, a story that a lot of people know. Playboy Playmate Babe Buell, or B.B. Buell, I've heard it both ways. She was Miss November of 1974, by the way, was living with Todd Rundgren in 1972, having run away from the excesses of Steven Tyler. Did oh, you know that? Oh, I think I've heard that. Right. She I got, may have forgotten it. She got pregnant and had a baby, which was named after model actress Liv Ullman, who was on the cover of TV Guide that week. That is where she got the baby's name from. That's where the baby's the name came T- from. Well, it's better than some people's choices yeah. for names. What are you going to do? I dated a girl in, in uh, high school one time. Do you remember Romper Room? Yeah. Where they would go around the room at the beginning. I see Gwendolyn. I see Bobby. I see Harry. That's where her name came from. So, just some kid got randomly called out. Some random called yeah. kid. Right. Well... Beeb, BB, babe, however you wish to say mm-hmm. it. I've heard it all these different ways. Yeah. Wanted to keep Liv away from Stephen, who was really the toxic twin at the time. Right, yeah. So she made a deal with Todd Rundgren. Will you agree to say you're the father of this child? And he oh. said yes. Actually, she figured it out. At eight years old, Liv Tyler kept looking at Steven Tyler. I know, there's no, um, that's what I was about to say, there's no denying, Liv Tyler is gorgeous. She is. But there is no denying that her dad is Steven Tyler. I look like him. Yes, yes. And uh, in 1991, when she was 14, she, Liv Tyler, was 14, legally changed her name from Rundgren to Tyler. And the song, Your Deuces Are Wild, from mm-hmm. Aerosmith is all about that, which is which is really weird because when you hear the song, he's talking about, I love to look into your big brown eyes and all that. You know, wow, he's talking about a girl. Oh, yeah, it's, it's his, his daughter. daughter, weirdo. <laughs> Stop being creepy. Hello, KSCL Shreveport. Thanks for running the radio show. Hello, Radio Universidad in Salamanca, Spain. Back in a minute here on the Rockwell Radio Show. Coming out of the break, we need one to get us to the bottom of the hour. Daryl Hall and John Oates. Yeah. By the way. I love Hall and Oates. And you know, it's not cool to love Hall and Oates. Actually, it's becoming cooler. It is. It's hipster cool. For a while, it is hipster cool now. Because the bird and the bee did that entire, they did an entire 
um, recording the Masters album with all Hall & Oates covers. Yeah. And they're plus, so hipster. Plus Hall & Oates, for a while, they were sort of the pop group that you were allowed to like because of Sarah Smile mm-hmm. and You're a Rich Girl. Sarah Smile's my favorite. It is. It's a beautiful song. They went a little crazy at the end there with Maneater, and they just sort of started taking phrases that your mom said when you were 10 years old and yeah, turning them into you know, hit songs. Mm-hmm. Right. But they were sort of the pop group you were allowed to like. They're going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They you were one of so? the five. Oh, they are. Oh, they are? They right. announced It's been accepted. The... Yeah, and okay. Kiss, is, Kiss is not going in again. And it's all because of Jan Wenner, who, who runs the place. He yeah. hates Kiss, and he... so Kiss isn't going in. Anyway, talking more about Todd Rundgren, if you remember, I don't remember, they still are, Hall & Oates is the Blue-Eyed Soul group. Yes. That's what they do. They, yes. are, they are Philadelphia Blue-Eyed Soul. Well... On their third album, their last one for Atlantic, mm-hmm. Atlantic wanted a monster hit. So they went and they got this production wizard, this man, this Todd Rundgren. And Rundgren said, we need to do something different. We're not going to record you as a blue-eyed soul group. We are going to record you as a rock group. And it is going to be fantastic. It failed I miserably. Say, I don't know what... You're refer- what album you're referring to? It's called War Babies, and oh you ha- no! Oh, you have to be one of the biggest Hall and Oates fans in the world oh, to no. even own it. Yeah, yeah, and it's bad. They leave, go on to RCA, and that's when Sarah Smile comes out. Mm-hmm. So every you know everybody has a flub. Oh sure. He tried to turn Daryl Hall and John Oates into a rock group. Didn't work. Rather than a Blue Eyed Soul group. This is what it sounded like. It is called Can't Stop the Music from the album War Babies. I'm scared. Normally, I don't go out of my way to play bad songs on the radio because many times we say, why don't we do a whole show of bad music? Nobody wants wants to to listen to that. Who wants to listen to an hour of bad music? But here's one song as a representative, you know, representation of what Todd Rundgren did wrong. (laughs) Rockin' Daryl and Rockin' John Oates right here on Rock School. Hall and Oates as rock stars. Uh, it's just not them. I'm going to try to scrub that one out of my brain. Well, this is what happens. People say, you know, that, that band sounds exactly like they always do. Well, yes, they do because that's what you want. And, that's what they do best. Right. And the moment you say, well, I want them to do something different, the moment they do, you run from them. Yeah. So, you know, stop that statement. All exactly. Right. I have made my statement. <laughs> my name is Joe Burns. You are? I'm Beth West. Let's do seven days, 70 seconds, and we'll get back to Todd Rundgren being a mega success. Let's do seven days, 70 seconds. These are the dates, October 21 all the way through October 27th. Something that happened on these dates in history of music. It says Monday. That must be you, Beth. Go. October 21st, 1996. Jay Bargieri, or Bargieri, if you know, please correct us. A former executive with EMI launches the first internet-only record label, Jay Bird Records. There you go. October 22nd, 1966. The Beach Boys knocked the United States on its ear by releasing Good Vibration. October 23rd, 1998, Eddie Nichols of Royal Crown Review was arrested in Toledo, Ohio for punching a sheriff and held without bail for the weekend. October 24, 1993, Duran Duran cancels the rest of their tour after lead singer Simon Le Bon 
tears a vocal cord. Ow. Ow. <laughs> October 25th, 1988, Chino and Bobby DeBarge of the group DeBarge are arrested for cocaine trafficking mm. in Michigan. That's not just buying. Not just, That's, not just having it. Yeah. Trafficking. Go to jail. Do not collect $200. Yeah. And October 26, 1993, Catholic churches in Puerto Rico asked residents to tie black ribbons around trees to protest Madonna's first concert there. And on October 27, 1960, Ben E. King records his first two solo songs on the same day. Ready for this? Spanish Harlem and Stand By Me. On the same day. On the same day. And they're the ones that people really know him for. How about that? I mean, out of the box. Fantastic. Okay. We played a loser. We played from War Babies. Because everybody's got one. Sure. 1977, Cleveland International Epic Records. A guy named Meatloaf says, I have this album called Bat Out of Hell. Jim Steinman has written all the music. I am the singer. Todd Rundgren, will you please produce it? He says, you bet. It's orchestral. I'm going to do it just like the wall of sound that you've heard on so many hit records. Yeah. The problem was there was no contract for the album yet. Rundgren believed in the album so much that he paid for the vast majority out of it out of his own pocket until a deal was met. Really? When it was, he got all of his money back. And of right. course, it's Hopefully sold. and then some. Oh, yeah. It sold a gajillion copies, mm-hmm. which means he made a, a, a bunch of money. But there for a while, he was paying for the whole thing out of his own pocket. Phil Rizzuto did the baseball call in the middle of Dashboard Light, which is my favorite song off the album, and recorded it at New York City's Hit Factory. And to his death in 2007, stated he had no idea that the call he made was meant to emulate two kids in the back of a car, and the one kid was really? crying to mm-hmm, yeah, with yeah. the young lady. He said, I had no idea that that was all about. He thought it was a song about baseball and that he was just calling a baseball game. That's very innocent of him. Right, because I've never heard it stated that uh, a the, guy being successful got to first base, right, second the bases, base, third yeah. base. Never heard that in Real, my life. Really, Phil Rosino. Okay. Sure. Okay. From Bad Out of Hell, Paradise by the Dashboard Line, right here in Rockstar. Well, I remember Second break here on Rock School. When you play an eight and a half minute song, it does take a bite. Yeah, but, oh man, we have to play that song. Sure, it's great. Let me tell you one other thing I won't be playing a song for, which is too bad because I wanted to play this one, and it, it's just one I don't think I can jam into the show. Are you familiar with the uh, the group Tubes? She's a Beauty is what most people know them for. I know that song. Okay. Yeah, so I've heard yeah, I've heard of them. Fee Waybill is really the really the the driving force behind mm-hmm. the Tubes. Now big Tubes fans are going to say, "No, no, there's other people." But Remote Control was a 1979 album that Todd Rundgren put together and I didn't know much about it. Putting this show together, I went and grabbed it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of what I'm going to say is really true. So if you're looking for a new piece of music, go grab the Remote Control album. You may be able to get it at a nice cheap price somewhere. It is a concept album about a television-addicted idiot savant. The the cover's got like a remote control with a baby watching the Hollywood squares. 
Really? Yeah, it's a really weird looking thing. This is back when the tubes were, you know, performing, you know, standing in toilets and wrapped in bubble wrap. I mean, they're really they're real an concepts. odd group. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's not a real well-known album, but it it really is seen as one of the albums that is sort of ushering in techno music and avant-garde I'm music. I'm going to have to check this out just because it sounds so interesting. Really enjoyed it. It's not something that, that I'm going to listen to again and again and again, but it was one of those that when you listen to it, you sort of go, okay, I can see this. I mm-hmm. see what they're talking about. I see how in 79, this would have gone... Wow, I have what no is idea. This? Yeah, yeah. this is so new that nothing would have equaled this, and it would have taken to eighty six, eighty seven to look back and go, okay, and now I got just it. just you saying were the, that it was called remote control in seventy nine. I'm like, were there remote controls in nineteen seventy nine? I was my dad's remote control. <laughs> yeah. So, hello there, KSRQ Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Thanks for running the radio show. Hello, KPVL in Postville, Iowa. Come on back, and we're going to do the. Break and uh, we're going to play for you one of my favorites again from Todd Rundgren. He is one of my favorite artists. Back in a minute on Rock School. Running out of time to talk about Todd Rundgren here on the show. You like the album Skylarking from XTC? I Dear do. God. Yes. Dear God was I the do hit. like XTC. Did you know Dear God was not on the original album? Really? No. And that's the one we know. Yeah, that is. It was originally turned into a concept album by Rundgren. He's not in the band. He was the producer. Mm -hmm. And only created it as a B-side for the single Grass. Oh. What happened was the DJs liked it, flipped it over, and played Dear God. Instead. So it ended up on the album. You got it. So subsequent albums were popped out uh, and put in place of, here's another neat piece of trivia for you, Mermaid Smile was pulled off of the album and Dear God was put in place of it. So it's become a collector's item to find one of the original first albums. With Mermaid Smile instead of Dear God. So the new cars, the new cars. If you knew anything about or you're a fan of the cars, you know that Rick Ocasek decided he didn't want to be a car anymore. Right. Well, he was, you know, he's got that gorgeous supermodel paulina paulina portis i knew it was two p's i couldn't remember (laughs) well rundgren teams up with guitarist elliot easton who's a Mm -hmm. left-handed guitarist and really good and keyboardist greg hawks then he grabs a hold of two other people prairie prince who's a drummer and a bassist kasim sultan and decides to put out the new cars and what's interesting about it normally this turns into a fight oh yeah no you can't use that name that's not what happened. They contacted Rick Ocasek and said, you know, hey, you want to be in this? And he said, no, not really, but go ahead. You have my blessing. Yay! Well, <laughs> so he was. Happy. Yeah, he had the most gorgeous woman in the world. He didn't need anything else. I'm going to stay at home and stare at her. Yeah. Sure. And She's our, in a bikini right now, so y'all just do whatever you want. Sure. And our half-beautiful children. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't I didn't give so much DNA to the kid. So. Maybe he gave talent. That's true. Maybe. They put out an album called It's Alive, which was released on 11.7 Music, which is a Rundgren label. And they went out for a year with Blondie, calling it the Road Rage Tour. That's it. That's all, all they, they did, did, just for a year. Just that. And I have no idea if the original cars are going to get back together, but if you're interested in hearing it, it sounds like this. This is called Not Tonight from the new cars with Todd Rundgren leading the band. I'm interested <laughs> to hear this because I've never like heard this. it before. On Rock School. I don't know what all the sea. 
Okay, what'd you think of it? Uh, it sounded like the cars, but just not Rick Ocasek. Yeah, yeah. You're I right. mean, like there's a cars sound, but it's definitely not him, it and is. which is what I associate so often. I'm yeah. very. It's yeah. the majority of the band. Yeah, it had a vibe. So it to had it. the sound. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's him out front. That's Rundgren out front. Yeah. singing. So you know the. You know, when you hear about artists using the internet, we're all supposed to be impressed. We're all supposed to be so knocked out. What a genius. What great things. You know, yeah. Peter Gabriel puts things up. Put things out. Oh, what yeah. a guy. Oh, he's yeah. so ahead of the curve. He's, uh... Rundgren tried to use it in the mid-90s along with his manager, Eric Gardner, and Apple digital music executives. Well, what he did was this. He took a whole bunch. He had to, he had to pay to do this. Yeah. But he took a whole bunch of his songs that he hadn't finished yet uh-huh. and put them out for people to play with. He said, here are all the tracks. Do what you will with them. Mess around with them. It's pretty interesting, actually. I guess it I is. Mean, but, but it the, doesn't in make the a mid-90s? good song. Well, no. Was he planning on... Wait, he did. Wait, he released he, them. The ones that the people, that, they were mass produced right. through mm-hmm. crowd producing or yeah. whatever. I don't think that's good. No, I don't think that's good at all. I think it would be fun to release them and say, hey, what would you do with this song? Oh, okay. Now here's what the professionals did with exactly the song. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah. You know, feel free to play with it. I mean, the mid-90s Apple, that's before the iPod. This is before all that. It would so have been, that's, yeah. That's pretty cool, but I would never release the song. Right. But. I think anything done by committee... Yes. pales to something done by yes, an individual. Definitely. Well, there's the old statement that God wanted a horse, formed a committee, and they gave him a camel. That's so true. Right. right. I know, and that's what I believe, too. So, yeah, the yeah. crowdsourcing of a creative work, not going to be so good. So I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to end on a song that was created by these people, or do you want to end on a song that uh, Rundgren created? See, now we've built it up. People I know. We've got to play that because okay. now we want to hear what it sounds like. Yeah, it's from the album One Long Year. And i got to be honest, I've listened to about three or four songs often, and I don't need to hear anymore. You're it, done. It's, yeah. yeah. It, the song's called Jerk. How clever. There's another one called Bang on My Ukulele Daily. Ha! Uh, so, well, that hilarious. wraps up Todd Rundgren. There's a lot more to him, uh, but yeah. that is the those are I think a long the and storied career. Yeah, good times. So we'll end on Jerk, which is put together by everybody and a little bit of Todd Rundgren. And I just don't think it measures up. He could have done it much better had they just left him alone or he left them alone. Mm-hmm. So, I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. That's it. See you next week. Class is dismissed.